one. Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of Lumia Sports. I'm your host, Demetrius Mason. Joined again by one Darnell Jones. What's up, guys? And joined again by Dom. Triple D's, what it do, baby? Yep, and here we are. Last night, we had the Clippers facing off with the Suns in game three. Down 0-2, we already know who the best team in the league, maybe NBA history is at this point, and the Clippers show it again, winning the game 106-92 in the return of Chris Paul. But CP3 and Booker both struggling, 5 of 19 for Chris Paul, 5 of 21 for Booker. Paul ended up with 12 assists and 15 points, but again, not good enough. Booker with 15 as well, five assists. Um, DeAndre Ayton tried 18 points, nine rebounds, but the injury to campaign, and it seems like you could say the inefficiency from Paul and Booker really were the stories for the Suns. For the Clippers, Paul George, even though he was not at 26 from the field, got the job done, 27 points, eight assists, 15 rebounds. Huge game for Paul. 23 points from Reggie Jackson as well on 9-17. And Zubat, 15 points, 16 rebounds for him. Big game. Darnell, what did you see out of this one? Big time response by the Clippers. You know, with the news that Chris Paul was going to play, I think a lot of people thought that it would be an easy showing from the Suns and they were just going to make easy work at the Clippers. But I didn't think... I thought that the Clippers would make some adjustments, obviously. And anytime Zubac can basically outplay DeAndre Ayton, it's going to be an advantage for the Clippers, a big advantage at that. And the loss, like you said, the loss of campaign is going to be huge for the Suns. But they do have Chris Paul back, so that kind of counterbalances that a little bit. So what you saw in the first two games from the Suns, you think with a healthy Chris Paul out there, they can – sort of replicate that a little bit, but for the Clippers, it's just, uh, they just keep getting it done. Like it's no other way to really put it. They got six of eight shooting from Terrence Mann, not great shooting from Paul George, like you said, but he got the job done 27 and 15 with eight assists. He did have six turnovers, but you know, you'll take it if it comes with a win. Mm -hmm. Marcus Morris didn't start, which was, you know, surprising he had eight points five rebounds off the bench and Ty Lue's just he's just coaching a masterpiece this whole playoff run and it's just been amazing to watch um every night for them they they have someone step up and Reggie Jackson's playing his way into a big contract I don't know what his status is as far as free agency or anything but he definitely was – go ahead. I think this is the last year on the deal. So, yeah, in the contract true. year, mm-hmm. he's going to make himself some money because he's proven that he can show up in the moment and he's a lot more effective than what he's been over the last few years. I guess it has to do with his health, but I don't even remember when Reggie Jackson was in Oklahoma City that he was playing this well. So, I'm going to give him credit for that. And it's – it's going to be a dogfight in game four. Like, the Suns, they were at home and they won the two games like they should have, but the Clippers with fans in the arena, it seems like, you know, it's going to be beneficial for them. So I look forward to game four and good performance by the Clippers overall. Mm-hmm. Dom, what are your thoughts? Um, I forget if you said it, 
Demetrius last night or if, or if one of the announcers said it, but they were like, one of y'all were like, the the pace looks a lot slower with Chris Paul out there as opposed the to Kay. Yeah, yeah. So they were saying that um, Chris with, with Chris Paul out there, the pace looks a lot slower than with Campaign out there. Mm-hmm. That's because obviously, you know, Campaign, he just pushes the pace. His whole game out there is just pushing the pace, using the speed, getting to the basket, you know, kind of like what Reggie, kind of like what Reggie out, does out there. But, you know, with Chris mm-hmm. Paul's out there, it's a bit more methodical of an offense. Um, it's a lot slower pace. It's more of a half court set as opposed to a transition set. But that's, that's, you know, one of the disadvantages that the Clippers have had throughout a lot of these, you know, series when they were losing was speed advantage, was, was like speed disadvantages. So, like, Donovan Mitchell was just faster than everybody. And even Luca, Luca's not the fastest person out there, but you feel me? He's just so good at getting to his spots and stuff like that, where he can like move on the transition and stuff like that. But with Chris Paul out there, you really don't have to worry about the transition. So it's just a half court defense, and they're and they're all capable. They're all capable defenders. So you know they were able to keep up with them in the transition. But most of this game really came down to the fact that Patrick Beverly was on Devin Booker's ass, bro. <laughs> Devin Booker couldn't do shit against him. Every time he tried to put the ball up around him, if he was there, he was he was knocking the ball out his hand. He was getting steals like he's been doing all series. He was getting a few blocks on him. You could tell he was really irritating, you know, Devin Booker out there. And if, if Patrick Beverly wasn't on him, then Terrence Mann would be on him just being out there running with him you know, being fast as shit, just keeping up with them. And, and they just – and when those two are out there, they just never let yeah. Devin Booker get any space. They never let him get any space out there. And towards the early parts – and towards the early part of the game, you know, it looked like the Clippers were going to run away with it. But then Rondo mm-hmm. came in and turned the ball over three times and ruined the whole stretch and never played for the rest of the game. But <laughs> besides that <laughs> – Besides that moment in the game, the Clippers were pretty much in full control for the most part. And I know I gave, I know I've been giving Zuby a lot of, a lot of shit all playoffs, all season, really, even last season. But feel me, he came out there and he really did his thing against DeAndre Ayton out there. So he came out there, 15.16 rebounds. And while Ayton did have 18 points himself, he couldn't, he was just, he was out rebounding him. Zuby was out rebounding, you know, um, um, eight and out there. So, yeah, I mean, Chris Paul and Devin Booker obviously have to be better with, with um, in terms of efficiency and scoring out there if they want to win any games, even if it's especially without um, Cameron Payne out there. So that's going to be big. I'll say this right now. If they don't have campaign, they're not winning another game in the series. I think they, I think they're going to lose with him. To be honest, I think the Clippers won't come back and win the series. Um, but like you were saying about Zubat, the big thing about it is, um, he went out there, and to me, the biggest difference between him and a lot of other centers, obviously, Aiton has this as well, is the free throws. He had nine of his ten free throws, so he was getting boards, or he was going, he would go for oops and get fouled, and he would just hit the free throws. 
And that's where most of his points came from. Yeah. The reason that that was so big was because, so they did was they took Marcus out, um, put Terrence Mann in, um, started Pat Bev, obviously. And the reason was to give Reggie some early shots and, you know, I guess Paul, but Paul's going to shoot the ball regardless. So it was really just get Reggie smoking shots. But what happened was because man, you know, <clears throat> like I said about campaign, it's a speed. Man can just run down the court. <clears throat> Sorry. Man can just run down the court. And that was just getting Zubats a lot of rebounds. So he would go, Reggie would go. And DeAndre on the pick and roll, he's, he's having to guard, you know what I mean? He's having to come over a little bit. No one's going to box out Zubats. And that was huge. The other thing was, I've never been less worried about a team down 0-2 cuz I saw what was going on. They kept playing DeMarcus Cousins. And the one game they don't they win by 14. It's pretty simple to me. Um we saw early in the first half Rajon Rondo was about to ruin the whole game. He was out there for 8 minutes, minus 8. If you look at the bench, you see Batum um minus 10, Morris minus 2. Kennard minus six. I was looking, I was like, why did their numbers look so bad? They were all in the game in crucial stretches, right? Looked like they were playing well. Then I remember, duh, Ronda was out there for eight minutes, turned the ball over three times. They had a lead in the second quarter. He almost ruined it. He did ruin it. He lost the yeah, they lead. They had a big lead. They, had yeah, like they a- were up eight. They were about to really already just dust these dudes. And then he just lost the lead. And then at halftime, you look up and they're down two because now they got to fight. You know what I mean? Um, with that, but then they came back, finally took the lead, and they just never let it go. The reason they did that is because as great as Pat Bev has been on Devin Booker, and we saw last game, mentioned it, even though the Suns won, won I was like, that's it. They found it. They know how to stop, dude. Um, we always bring him back to this, but we were playing 2K once, and I was the Suns, and he was the Celtics. He put Marcus Smart on Devin Booker, took that away, and they had centers who were good enough to deal with Aiton, and that's how you beat this team. And in that game, campaign was also snapping. I just didn't know. I didn't know he scored thirty. But yeah, but we didn't know that um, Zubac was going to be able to hang with eight. And I think that's been the whole difference. That was at least the whole difference last night. I don't know if this is going to be a constant theme, but if Zubac can even you know just equal can equal DeAndre Ayton on a constant basis, and you feel me, that's going to be the whole series right there. My man Dom, we were both wrong about Zubat, but Dom is trying to – he's trying to apologize to that man 20 times. Real quick, though, Zubat was a plus 28 out there. So, my man spent his whole part talking about Zubat, and he takes my point and makes it back about Zubat. It's like, all right, well, thanks. But what I was going to say was, even though Pat Bev on Booker, we knew that that would work, they were trying something out the second game, and I didn't really see it. But this game, I saw it. And the thing was, it's not necessarily that Pat Bev can guard Booker because Pat Bev still, no matter how much, you know, we love how he plays and everything like that, there's a limit to kind of how much he can be out there because of his offense. And he was out there for 27 minutes. But the key is, is that Terrence Mann can also just shut Booker down because I haven't said it on air yet. Terrence Mann really is a young Kawhi out there, watching the dude, how he's moving, how he's playing. I'm like, oh, this is Spurs Kawhi. They somehow duplicated. Now, I'm not saying he's going to reach the heights of Kawhi Leonard, obviously, where he's top five in the world, thing like that. But young Kawhi could score when you didn't pay attention to him. 
And man, actually, I think might be a better score than Kawhi. And his defense, I don't think his defense is quite there, but I'm watching what he's doing to Booker. And Booker really can't move on him either. And so when they put both of them, Pat Bevan, man, in the starting lineup, what we're seeing now is as much as we can talk all we want. What's up? <laughs> so as much as we can talk all we want about really, you know, the Clippers and their offense, the defense was the dot. The defense was the story, and they held the Suns to 92 points. What, Dom? What, what, what? Says you heard it, bro. Says you heard a ghost because ain't nobody say nothing. <laughs> All right, I thought someone was saying something. I was hearing Anywho, yeah, but man and um, man and Pat Bev both starting, just really bothering Booker. This was the thing we worried about before, before the postseason. You know, if y'all don't know the infamous story about him getting double teamed by high schoolers or whatever, getting played hard, we worried if Devin Booker could take it, if people were just in his face. And if you really think about it, the Nuggets, they just got no one who's going to do that to you. And the Lakers, I mean, Schroeder can try it sometimes, but he's not Pat Bev on defense. He's too, I guess, kind of undisciplined on defense to just stay with him. Pat Bev, crazy looks out there. Wild as he is, he has a game plan. He talked about, he said in game two, don't let him go left. He knows that he knows that Booker shot is the pull-up midi on the left. And he's just done his job to bother it. Terrence Mann is doing the same thing. And the big issue is for the Suns, it's really Chris Paul. And he kind of always is partially the issue. And that's the problem. That's why we said, that's why everyone said if he wins this one, if he does this, he's top five all time. The only reason we don't know that is because we don't know. He doesn't have, you know what I mean? the regular season stats or whatever, um, the MVPs. He has all-star games. He has, you know, all teams, but he doesn't have, like, the big, big accolades, and he doesn't have the, you know, regular season stats or whatever. But we know basketball is deeper than that. But yeah. when he's had the chance to be on teams that wins, he, he got hurt most of the time, right? Well, now this is a bad situation because they are up 2-0 on these dudes without him and with back of Cameron Payne. Now you flip them. Now Cameron Payne's hurt, and he's in. And we can't really the, – the whole, the whole thing that makes this really, really scary hours for Chris Paul and his legacy, he can't lose the series because we can't, use, we can't give them the injury excuse of Cameron Payne being out if Kawhi Leonard is not going to be there, right? Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. 2-0, it's a perfect opportunity. They're missing their best player, and you go 5-19 – Two for seven from deep. Don't know why he's shooting that many threes. 15 points, 12 assists. That's cool. He had three steals, too. Two turnovers, but minus 15. And Booker, the issue is, is now Booker, they're making him inefficient. So, and I've seen that for two games, so I can say that, you know, Booker's going to just be inefficient. So, the, the whole problem is Chris Paul now has to carry the offensive load. And he had 37 against the Nuggets, and that was cute. But that wasn't going up against Terrence Mann, remember? Because now that Pat Bev is on Booker and you start both of them, Terrence Mann's on Chris Paul. That's a tough matchup. It really is. And I don't even blame Chris Paul for what's about to happen. But you know what I mean? This is why when we have these rankings all time, this is one of the differences. And it's just you could see the difference between him and their campaign. And another one of the differences is because campaign drives and he gets there so quick, Aiton was much more effective 
over those last two games. Aiton got 24 and 14 because Zubac got to come off and help on campaign. So he's either going to miss and Aiden's going to be right there for the boards. We saw flipped happen the other way because Terrence Mann, Paul George, Reggie, they're just going at the basket sometimes. Or he's going to get wide open passes because Zubac is rotating and you're just going to get a dunk. Um, so I'm interested in that. Darnell, what are your thoughts on Chris Ball coming back? Is it you think it's hurting the Suns at all? Or do you think it's just one game and it's an overreaction? I mean, it's, it's obviously one game and it's an overreaction. But I think in, 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 the, in the post-game pressure, he mentioned that he was going to push the pace, that the pace was one of the main things that he needed to improve on going into game four. So I think it's safe to say that they'll try to score a lot more points and it'll be a higher, a higher scoring game. So – I think you'll get a better version of Chris Paul. And if that happens, then the Suns will be in a position to win the game again. And I think, I mean, I get the point that, see, the thing with campaign is he's only able to play at one speed. Like he can't really slow it down and play a methodical game because it just doesn't play this advantage. He's more of a scorer. So he wants to push the pace, but Chris Paul can play either way. And I think he's going to have to play that way, but, there's going to be moments where they're going to need to get production in the half court, and Chris Paul is going to provide that. And I think just defensively, it's going to be some adjustments that they're going to have to make to how they're getting guarded. Maybe they're going to have to bring some – get Devin Booker off some screens or something to get him loose from Ter- either Terrence Mann or Patrick Beverly, whoever it may be, and – I think the Suns are having it. They'll have a chance to win a game in Game Four. I don't think the Clippers necessarily are going to just route them or anything like that, or necessarily, or even win the series just because they had a good showing in Game Three. Mm-hmm. I think one thing that concerned me was there was a play. The Clippers went. Somebody missed a shot. A lot of missed shots last night. Someone up missed a mm-hmm. shot. Chris Paul got the ball, and Reggie Jackson slid in front of him like before half court, stopped him. This is off a miss, slowed him down and made it a half court offense. I think the problem is, is that they have three guards who match up pretty well against Chris Paul, if not actually four. You include Paul George, obviously. So four match up really good against Chris Paul. And what they're doing is, is it's not just the fact that it's a half court game without campaign. It's really the fact that they're pressing him because they're not worried about him going by them. I think that's more the issue. Like, there are possessions where you look and the ball just doesn't get to the three-point line for the Suns because Chris Paul is getting pressured. Booker is getting pressured. And then if those two are just getting, you know what I mean, you know Pat Bev is going to be on Booker. And every time Booker tries to dribble on that dude, it gets stolen, it seems like, or he turns over. And then if Terrence Mann is going to be fast, young, you know, mini Kawhi out there on Chris Paul, it's like, damn. So who else is supposed to dribble? Crowder, Bridges? And this, now this incident is where you love campaign. Because what I would say is in times of like dire need, I would go to a three-guard lineup. And then the Clippers would have real problems. But it, it all depends on his injury to me. Because if he's out, they just can't do that, obviously. They just they had to throw Etuan Moore in there. 
And that's just not the move. I mean, Etuan came. He was a plus six, actually, on his five attempts, five minutes. But still, not the move. I don't care. And But for the Clippers having Zubats out there, if I'm Chris Paul, I'm going to make Zubats defend. Like, if he's going to be on Zubats the floor. Zubats can guard him. I was watching it on the switches. He was not going by him. No, he's gonna he's just gonna have to close out on jump shots. Chris Paul's jump shots they weren't falling, but I think they'll have opportunities in Game Four that they they had a lot of opportunities that they could have took advantage of that they did. Dom, what are your thoughts? Chris Paul coming back tomorrow. Oh, Chris Paul coming back. Um, is it is it hurting the Suns or am I overreacting? So again. It is a one game, you know, a one game situation. And he did just come back from not an injury. I don't even know if he was sick during the COVID, but he at least probably wasn't playing basketball throughout that stretch. So I don't know if he's in proper game shape. And as we I mean, if you saying, shoot the ball 19 times, you're saying you're in proper game shape. <laughs> he's going to yeah. take 19 shots. I'm, I mean, if you're not going to move like you're in proper game shape, though, if you was going to be all slow out there. But again, he's not he that fast, dude. He's old. Yeah. And he was the getting Clippers are just fast. Faster yeah. than him. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say. But um I Is mean out of fill out game too. Do I think that this was a fill out game for Chris Paul? I said, Is he allowed to fill out game? Oh. If they're up, if you're up 2-0, I think you have you do have the chance to, you know, get a feel-out game out there. But bro, 19 shots is not a feel-out game. That's you thinking you're going to win the game. And just not having it. Yes. Well, Who has 19 shots, we call it a feel-out game. Feel-out game is like 11 or 13. Let me see what's going on. Let me see what's, what the vibes are. Nah, I'm just saying. I don't want, I don't want, you know, completely just rule them out yet. I do want to see how they look in game four. Again, they were on the road, and as they always say, you know, it would be it, though. It was mainly the stars that collapsed more than the other players for real. Other players were all fine. They were <laughs> all good. It, it was the two stars, really. So. I mean, I just want to see another game first before I start saying Chris Paul going to be the whole problem out here. But campaign out there, the, the Clippers, the Clippers generally aren't that good against transition defense. I mean, transition offense because they're a little slower mm-hmm. for the most part. But in a half-court offense, they, they can do just fine as long as it's not Luka motherfucking posting everybody up and just being bigger and stronger than everybody. Like Lucas Cousins Luka, isn't out there, and and it, as long as Donovan Mitchell ain't just faster than everybody, that's really what it is. The problem with the Clipper, I mean, the problem with the Suns is that their two star guards are both kind of slow. <laughs> that's real. That's really what it comes down to more than anything else. Slow shooters who take a lot of middies. Yeah, mm. Donovan Mitchell. Donovan Mitchell fast as shit, and Lucas strong as shit, tall as shit. But you're. Just, you're... The other part of it is they also both take – because the, the issue is Devin Booker doesn't have handles like that. Like that. Yeah. You know, with Pat Bev. Like, we saw Pat Bev kind of annoying Mitchell, but Mitchell could still be effective because he's still – Yeah. But because – every, every, time, every time Booker dribbles the ball, 
near Pat Beverly is a fucking steal. It's like, yeah. damn. And because of that, he doesn't have the move that Mitchell and Luca were both being effective with. That was the deep three, the step ones. Yeah. Those. That's really when Mitchell and Luca beat him. And even that, yeah. again, as we saw, is not a consistent way to beat the Clippers. That's just tough to do. Hit a bunch of deep threes on the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. But the Suns can't even – they don't have anyone who can get those looks. We talked about Booker's more of a mid-range shooter than a three-point shooter. One for seven. For yeah. Chris Paul is just obviously more of a mid-range shooter. He shot it seven times because they really had no choice. They couldn't yeah. get to their spots. And you guys don't have to say it. I'll say it. The Clippers win in the series unless campaign goes crazy. Campaign got scored 32 more times for them to win. They, these, I'm, I'm looking at it. They can't score on them. Can't score on them. Ain's going to give you what he gives you. Bridges is going to give you basically what he gave you. Um, he had 13, 2 of 5. He might hit another one. So it might give you like 16. Crowder was 3 of 6 out there from deep. You know? Cam Johnson's continued to play well. 12 points, 5 rebounds. Yeah. <clears throat> but And I don't think Chris Paul and Book are going to be quite – they're not going to be this bad, but I've now seen two games from Booker where he just can't do anything on Pat Bev. So what was the difference in the first game? Was Pat Bev guarding him, or do you think they the difference just didn't in the first game guard him? Cousins played 13 minutes. That's No, I'm saying, I'm saying for, uh, for Devin. Pat Bev wasn't on him the whole game, no. They had okay. they have on probably Reggie. They didn't have Pat Bev on him for most of the game, though. It was okay. like PG and it was like PG. Pat Bev didn't play that much. Uh, okay. And, so again, Bev's- it's still easier when DeMarcus Cousins is out on the court. Makes everything easier for your offense. Telling you. Yeah. More space. The dude just isn't going to move at all. <laughs> Patrick Beverly played 15 minutes in game one. Yeah, there you go. Off the off the oh. bench. Yep. Oh, okay. About twenty-seven starting. I remember I was actually watching the game. I was like, well, they gotta put Pat Bev on this guy. He's gonna kill them." Because Paul George, Paul George and him are like the same build, but he's just like a a better Paul George for real. But better scorer, yeah. Mm, better. Better. Better everything. I mean, offensively, yes. He had 11 assists that game one. He can do it. But if he was going to put – the the Suns don't have a Pat Bev. So if he was going to put that dude – he would annoy the shit out of Paul George too. What would Paul George do? Speaking of which, I do have to say something. For the Mm -hmm. Clippers to win the series, which I think they will, I need Paul George to be a little more chill, little bit. He was getting erratic at points. He was almost losing the lead. I know it's difficult because now we know Rondo can't be out here at all. So he yeah. really point guard. Uh, we're asking for a lot, but as the only point guard, I need less than six turnovers. And the bigger thing is, I need less than twenty six shots. If you're not, if you don't have it, like I just, I just need you to just do a little less because the team is that good, right? And he played well, but. I think I don't. I don't. I I do think this was. I do think this was. He was trying to overcompensate a little bit for that last game. 
I do think that's what that's partially why he was just jacking all those shots. He was like, he was like, if I just seal the deal now, then I won't have to deal with it at the end because of what just happened the last game. I think that's I think that was still in his head. Obviously, he he can shoot, so he's not about to be like Ben type of shying away from it. But you know. He was just trying – as soon as the lead was there, he felt the moment that he could close it so he wouldn't have to get in that position again. You feel me? He he tried to do everything he could, and he was forcing the issue, and that was fucking them up. I want someone to love me like Dom loves Paul George. That shit is unconditional. <laughs> unconditional. Dude was 9 for 26, and we're like, yeah, well, he just, you know, was just trying to end the game. Bro. <laughs> bro. Bro. it's not even the nine for 26 it's really the six turnovers you can't do both yeah. of those things you not can't really. do both of those things you just you Time basically to... gave away 23 possessions but they I mean, won basketball man you can't expect him to make a play on every possession he gave away he's gonna make his Gave away six of them there. Say it like that. Okay. I, I put it. No, okay. The, the thing is, so I'm, I'm watching it. it. This isn't just like a stat look thing. I'm dumb. Was I not the entire game being like, Paul, can you calm down? Tell, tell him. I'm watching the 10, 15 they basically have. And I'm like, they can blow the door of the game open. But when they were in the game, I was like, dude, this is the time where you get Marcus Morris some shots. This is the time we get Kennard some open threes. You don't have to keep taking contested jumpers. You don't have to do it right now. You're up 10, and you're grooving. The whole team is grooving. And I said that one time. The second I did, Marcus Morris got an open three. He, by the way, was only two for two from deep. That's what I mean. I could just feel, I was like, oh, they're front running now. This is Marcus Morris. Marcus Morris can straight up give you five of them things now. It's going to be up. <laughs> it's going to be up at home. Yeah, he's gonna hit them then. Um, that's why I was just like, relax. And I'm not saying, hey man, he played well enough to win because again, he's like now when they're on their team, like the third best defender. If I because I think man and Pat Bev are better, then he can kind of roam a little bit more. And throughout the entire game, I was just looking at the rotations, it was insane. They were just on everything, right. So, yeah, he's definitely he's definitely not a man. Uh, he's not the best man defender anymore, like he was back in his prime. But at this point, he can definitely still work as a as a good zone defender, like a zone perimeter defender, smartest defender out there. You know what I mean? The smartest other defender out there, I guess. He's yeah, smart, he's the smartest guy other than Pat Ben. I think he's a little smarter than man. He just doesn't have that athleticism anymore, and man, just be on it. But with that being the case, it's like. And I'm only saying this because I now am in the circle. Hard to say, but I view Paul George as a superstar. I just need him next game to be better. They didn't need it this game, but I'm saying. Man, I had to take a deep breath to say that. <laughs> I had to take a deep breath. But I think Jerry West and Ty Lue have done it. They've built a team around Paul George that can get to the finals, that can win the finals. I actually think right now the Clippers are my favorite to win the finals because I just know what they're going to do. It's going to go down 0-2 on purpose on you and then just and then just be like, all right, Cousins, you can't play anymore. All right, Ronda, you can't play anymore. We were really just giving people rest. 
and now you see that Paul George's minutes are back up to 43. And it's like, okay, I see it. Yeah. I get it. They said that they said that he has the um he's averaged the most minutes out of anybody in these playoffs so far. And mm-hmm. he has um I think it's 150 more than the next person. A lot of that's because they're going seven. Well, they went seven and six. All their yeah. are long. I mean, but that's what happens yeah. when your strategy is again to lose the first two games. So, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, and Reggie again, I think that the big thing with the whole strategy and the reason they took Marcus Morris out, it was partially man's defense, but another reason was to get Reggie Jackson just a little bit more attempts early, just some more shots. Because there are times, you know. That's fault. This is how Paul George plays. But he's got he's not a point guard, right? So we are asking him to do a lot. And sometimes he has the blinders on. He doesn't realize Reggie get the ball. And Reggie also isn't as erratic as he used to be. You know what I mean? Where he would just shoot it yeah. for no reason. He's a little more calm, a little more chill. He's gonna run a little bit more of the offense. But I think as a team, they were collectively like, all right, we gotta get Reggie some more shots somehow. And that means taking yeah. Marcus out of the game. You know what I mean? That's why we saw Pat Beth shooting it a lot early. They're like, hey, run the plan. Get Reggie some shots. You know what I mean? And Reggie started hooping. Um, and that also means, man, in transition, you know, he's just going to get some looks because if he's just out there. Because, again, Terrence Mann transition is pretty unstoppable. It's actually crazy. There's yeah, a play. He, he, he got all the Kawhi and the Paul George moves yeah. getting there. There's a play. He, I mean, if you just going to watch him, be young them, make yeah. sense. And it was just a play where I'm looking. It's a two-on-one. It's a two-on-two, basically. And he's running. And Booker's there. And I'm actually thinking, like, he's about to turn the ball over, try to throw it up or do something dumb. He just hit him with a boom, showed a little elbow in the stomach with the momentum, got him moving, and then just a smooth layup over. I think it was Torrey Craig who was running. Just a smooth layup right at the basket because he's, like, that athletic. And I was like, whoa. I didn't know he had the smoothness to pull that off. You know what I mean? The way that he just did that. Like that, it took, it was a real impressive move to me. And he just keeps doing it. And he's six for eight. He doesn't yeah. miss. They're like, please. Oh, six, eight. Oh, they, or he's their height, too. Yes. He's only he's only six five, but it's cool. Yes, man's only man six is always trying to give somebody like 10 extra. Inches. I said he's six four eight. I didn't say he was six eight. Asshole. I thought you said he was six eight, too. I was like, six oh. four eight. Six four eight. <laughs> Six four eight okay. from the field. <laughs> oh my god! Jump me! Why are they trying to jump me? That's crazy! Wow! No, Terrence Mann was six four eight from the field. <laughs> and just like seemingly again, a young Kawhi, they keep telling him to shoot the ball more. He's like, I don't know if I want to. All right, so some breaking news, some breaking news for the for the gang. All right, so the 76ers have committed to keeping Ben Simmons as a central piece of their franchise. They said they are not trading him. They said, stop overreacting, you fucking losers. How do you feel about this? There's only one trade I would have made for him. I guess they couldn't do it. I'm What's straight. the trade you would have made for him? One that we made on the game, which we will try out soon, but uh, – it's uh, Ben and Tobias for Siakam and Kyle Lowry. Send it. Sign and trade Kyle Lowry. Send him over. I'm doing it immediately. How do you feel about that, Darnell? Do you feel like they should have tried to move Ben, or do you think that, you feel me, 
it's good that they're keeping him as a as a part of the franchise. Obviously, you got to keep him right now because his value is so low. But I think they're committed to him for now. But if they get the right deal that comes during the season or before the deadline, they'll absolutely make a move. So I think it makes sense for the for the present. Right. And in other trade news, the Blazers have assured C.J. McCollum that he will not be traded. C.J. McCollum, State, Portland Trail Blazers. They will continue to ruin Dame's career. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, I think I think um, I think that's a tough one. Obviously, because the Blazers need to they need to do something. I don't know what that something is. CJ's the obvious, the likeliest candidate because you can't move Dame, and they have no other value anywhere. So Dame gonna make them move Dame. They keep playing around, doing nothing. But if you right. move Dame, you gotta move Dame and CJ. Yeah, of course you can't just you can't just have CJ there by himself. <laughs> so that ain't gonna work. <laughs> but for the Cleveland Cavaliers, they have begun exploring trade options for Colin Sexton after they got the third pick in the lottery. I'm guessing that they're hoping that Jalen Green falls in their lap, and at that point they're trying to move Colin Sexton. How you feel about that, Mr. Darno? I don't really trust those reports that much, but everyone seems to be under the belief that Colin Sexton is available in trades. I don't think that it's out of the realm of possibility because I don't think they're a good enough team to where anybody should not be on the trade block. Well, not on the trade block, but be available for trades. No one should be untouchable, basically. And I think that they're – Obviously should see what they can possibly get for him, but I don't think they can get as much for him in return as he brings to the table from a, just a locker room perspective and what he means as far as being one of the hardest workers on the team, leading the young guys, and being one of the young guys is leading by example. And it doesn't make sense for the team to trade him. I know a lot of Cavs fans are just sick of the Colin Sexton experiment because he's not Kyrie Irving. We get it. But, no, it doesn't make sense. If there's a situation next year where Jalen Green or whoever it might be looks better than Colin Sexton and it's a clear log jam, then you explore trades. But now is not the time. You got to at least see what it looks like on the court first. Yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking they just not trying to wind up like that situation that we were just talking about. Where he's got two guards, two small mm-hmm. guards that don't play defense. The re- the only reason it worked in Toronto, and again, I know Jimmy, they had Kawhi Leonard, but that's the only that reason it worked. worked. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you. The next year without him, with like this with like the third, second, third seed. They left the for the re- second round like the Blazers do all the time. What? Hey man. But anyway. Yeah, anyway. But so the only reason that worked is because Lowry and Van Vliet could both play defense. However, Lillard and CJ both don't play defense. And Garland and Sexton both don't play defense. So it's not going to work if if they just can't hold their own outside. If they just can't hold their own on defense because then they're going to struggle out there. So, but – that's all the trade rumors for right now. 
and now some coaching. Some new coaches have been hired. The Indiana Pacers hired Rick Carlisle to a four-year, $29 million contract. How do you guys feel about this move? Hopefully he can improve their roster or hopefully he can improve their play because I think they play a little too slow. Maybe he can in, inject some kind of creativity to their offense. They're a little bland sometimes. But it's it's a, it doesn't move the needle that much to me, honestly. Like the Pacers, maybe if they can get TJ Warren back and have a healthy Karis Levert, they can do something. But I don't have that many high or that much high hopes for the Pacers next year anyway. See, I think with the Pacers, I don't think they play slow. I think they just are slow. I think it's just a bunch of slow ass people that don't really they so they have no transition offense. So their whole offense comes down to the to the half court. And so and it all falls down on Sabonis and his stupid ass post hook that Robert that Robin Lopez well that Robin Lopez already perfected. <laughs> so <laughs> that's really what the offense just be coming down to. And again, when TJ Warren comes back, I mean they'll have a they'll have a bit more of, you know, they'll have a bit more scoring out there. But again, I just think they're too slow. They're too slow and it's just nothing. They they have no transition defense because they're so slow. For one, they're one of so Sabonis so can't defend and then Turner can't rebound. So it's hard to have either one of them out there alone because both of them can't do something. So it's a lot of struggles with the team. I don't know exactly why he picked this job, but <laughs> hey man, good luck to him. You got anything, Demetrius? Apparently, reportedly, Indiana did not run a very diverse hiring process for their head coach as they called Brian Shaw and told him he might have a chance, but then they didn't set up a formal interview. And I'm not surprised by this at all, but just throwing that out there. That's my thoughts on this. You're not surprised that Carlisle taking this or Indiana just going right with them? And not Indiana didn't him. run a diverse hiring process. They just had Nate McMillan going to the finals, or he's in the conference finals because the Bucks are still with them. He was in the conference finals and they fired him for no reason. But you know what? It's whatever. I am, don't know why Rick Carlisle wanted to go there. Um, I have a suspicion, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> and another new <laughs> Rick Carlisle's job has been replaced in Dallas by Mr. Jason Kidd. So how do we feel about that one? Jason Kidd was previously um a head coach for the Brooklyn Nets, the Milwaukee Bucks and an assistant coach for the Los Angeles Lakers. And he was part of the team that won in 2011, the team that won the title in 2011. So what y'all think about that? It's going to – It's pretty – go ahead. I think that's going to implode very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be very bad. I just think it's cool that Mark Cuban gives so much love to the championship team in 2011, but – I, I, clearly, I clearly think he only got this job because he was on that roster. 
had yeah. he not been because as a as a head coach, as a player, he was great. As a head coach, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> like we Man. can't forget him coaching the Bucks and how that ended. I was about to say, bro, like as as much as we say about Budenholzer, bro, Jason Kidd had them niggas as the seventh seed every year not doing a damn thing. Budenholzer came there the next year and made them the number one seed, and they went to the conference finals the yeah. very next year. Budenholzer so. at least has a plan A, man. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck my man's be doing. I don't think he know either for real. Nope. <laughs> so and the cra- the craziest thing about it is if Luca arguing with Rick Carlisle, him and Jason Kidd just aren't gonna work. They're gonna argue all the time. They both power trip. Like I <laughs> it's just unless un- I mean it's possible people grow, we'll get mature, people learn. I mean, he, he just won a title. He did just win a title as an assistant coach. So, hey man, he might be to the point where he's like, okay, 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 I learned some things about coaching, this, that, the other. But just from a personality standpoint, I see clashing immediately. <laughs> they win. And I don't see them winning well, immediately because I don't think Jason Kidd's a better coach than Rick Carlisle. I do not. I don't think that at all. Either it's gonna be this is gonna this is gonna be bad. I'll say it. It's gonna be rough. That's my opinion. It just went backwards. It did go backwards, and Luca was all. They already said Luca was having thoughts about whether he wanted to stay. Yep. So that's definitely not a great move going forward for him, and it's gonna look more and more. Like Atlanta really did win that trade. Yep. <laughs> I really, I really, I, I hope I'm wrong. I like Luca a lot. I just don't see any way. Like you said, if Boonhoser is that much better than this guy, I think Boonhoser and Rick Carlisle are probably about you. I, I think Rick Carlisle better because what he did with that with that Mavericks team was crazy. So I think he's better because remember he. He was really pulled out the zone that year. He's doing everything. Even this year in the playoffs, he tried everything he could. Christoph Porzingis just sucks. That's really what it was. Or they would probably be in the conference finals right now. Um, he went from Christoph Porzingis and was like, DeMontis Sabonis is my guy. <laughs> nah, he went from Dallas to Indiana. That's all I'm going to say on that one. <laughs> <laughs> Went from Luca. He went from Luca Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis to Demontis Sabonis. He went from Dirk to Luca to Sabonis. Yup. He had Rondo. He was like, I don't like this. Something about this, I just don't like it. (laughs) Get on this. Ah shit. Get on this one. Hey man, they they brought him in there so Miles Turner leaves immediately. Miles Turner getting kicked out of there before before the trade. He might get he might get drafted on the on a draft day. Miles for Porzingis. <laughs> He's not doing that. Though. That's nah. one thing he won't do. 
They said poor. They said Porzingis was grow had braids growing up. He not. He not. <laughs> he was not rocking with that. Oh. Said so he had braids for for AI when he was growing up. Damn, Rick. Wow. Yeah, he like, said like swaggy looking either. Nope. Let's see. But Chris Stapps and, and Luca not too fond of each other from what I heard. I don't think Luca don't like either. anybody. From what I've heard, uh, Luca doesn't Luca doesn't fuck with anybody. <laughs> that's, that's what I heard. Sign. It's not a good sign. It's not. I don't I don't blame him but, for not fucking with Porzingis though. I mean, you know, dude but, ass and hurt all the time. Fuck but, you. John Collins, Trey and John Collins, I heard wasn't fucking with each other. I don't know if they like each other now. You heard it from John Collins. He's like, I don't like the way he's running offense, but that's because of Lloyd Pierce. Now they have Nate McMillan. They fuck with each other now. See them oops. Got <laughs> <All> them oops. <laughs> See them shits. Those was the, that's the LeBron D Wade. We best friends forever. Oops. <laughs> if dude's gonna throw it off the backboard to me, yeah, I fuck with him. <laughs> don't care <laughs> on a half court set do that bitch off the backboard to me thanks yeah we're yeah. friends we homies <laughs> but before when he was just sitting there not getting fouls taking a bunch of bad shots because Lloyd Pierce was like who cares he's like bro <laughs> can I get the ball <laughs> please <laughs> yeah no, <laughs> you can't. Nate was like, bro, give him the ball. He's like, all right, all right, all right. Now look at him. That's all it took. <laughs> now the question is, do you think Jason Kidd is Nate McMillan? No, he's not. <laughs> so Rick Carlisle on his Mavs. It's hard to put an exact finger on it. It's just a feeling that I had. It would be mutual beneficial. My hope is that Jason Kidd will be the next coach of the Mavs because he and Luca have so many things in common as players. What? What do they have in common? I just think that it would be a great situation for Luca, and I think it would be an amazing situation for Jason. I'm the only person on the planet that's coached both of these guys and that knows all about all their special qualities as basketball players. To me, that would just be a great marriage, but that's just an opinion. He said, I coach both of them, so I know what they're both capable of as players. Said so they're both dramatic. Have fun. <laughs> <laughs> An asshole. <laughs> a marriage made in heaven. That man, Rick. Rick, 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 Rick. Rick, Rick. <laughs> All right. Let's get into it. Turn out. Who's your player of the day? Coach. No coach, no games. This player of the day, highlight of the day, dickhead of the day. Go ahead. So for my player today, I'm going to go with Zubac because he basically outplayed DeAndre Ayton, who we were just having the conversation about was he top five, top three-ish center in the league. So that's a really impressive stat for him or impressive game from him. And for my highlight of the night, it goes to Kevin Durant for his clapback at Scott one Scottie Pippen. 
when Scottie Pippen questioned why his game and said that he will never be or he's not like LeBron James because he got tired at the end of the fourth quarter and he, you know, didn't look to pass the ball or anything. So I think Kevin Durant's response, he was, I think he said, I think he said, aren't you the guy that didn't go into a game six because, or it go into the game for a game when he played because the coach drew up a play for a better shooter. He just, he, it was another one. He killed him. It was just bad. Yeah. But Kevin Durant continuing to be petty. It's my highlight of the night. And for my dickhead of the night, I'm going to go with – I don't know. I'm going to wait on that. I don't think any – nothing happened. I always think of something that's dickheadish after. So maybe after y'all can go, I can think of something. You had one you didn't use, remember, last time? You said I'm going to use it next time. I don't remember what it was. No, I'm not going to use that. All right. Well, then fine. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> All right, so, Dom. Yeah, my player of the night is Patrick Beverly for his for the amazing defense that he was playing on on Devin Booker. Every time Devin Booker touched the ball, it was a steal. And again, as he continues to do, he all every time the shots kind of clutch, he makes every single shot, <laughs> every single three pointer. If it's in the clutch, it's crazy. Pat Beverly is one of the best closers on the team out there in terms of three point shooting. So. I'm going to give it to Pat Bev. Um, my dickhead is going to go to Scottie Pippen. You feel me? Just for doing all that. And if I was Kevin Durant, bro, I wouldn't have even done all that, bro. I wouldn't even said all that. I would have said, at future, handle my light work. Just left <laughs> it at that. <laughs> all he had to do was tweet free bands. <laughs> All he had to tweet was, I just fucked your bitch and some Gucci flip flops. <laughs> wow. That's all he had to do, man. He would have ended all of that right there. Tweet a Malik Beasley. <laughs> all he had, that's all he had to do. But, um, yeah, Scotty Pippen was wild and going out there, you know, talking about KD for no reason, like he ever led a team by himself. I mean, he did get to the Eastern Conference Finals without without that man, but still, he ain't he ain't finished the job without him. So, can't be talking about leading the team when you're not capable of leading the team, you damn self, buddy. But um, what's it called? My highlight of the night. It just got it, it got it got to be the Clippers overcoming Ray John Rondo. Because <laughs> damn, that was a struggle out there. They had to fight hard as shit. Rondo Rondo was trying as his absolute hardest to ruin the game. He really was. He threw that motherfucker away every time. The first time when he just missed the pass and it and went out of bounds, I was like, all right, I get it. It, I, I, I can't even be mad at him, at him for that one. But then the next time, he just threw the ball away. And they should have took him out there, but they didn't. They threw the ball away again. <laughs> that's when Tyler was like, all right, that's enough. <laughs> can't be the, you can't be the, the, the quintessential point guard, but you can't be out here because you can't be a point guard. Three turnovers and zero assists. <laughs> 
Hey man, it happens. Man, Rondo broken. But it'd be three turnovers, zero assists, and no points. You're not gonna be out here anymore. There you go. <clears throat> My player of the day going Terrence Mann, six for eight from the field. Great defense on Booker, all in his face, on Chris Paul as well. In the starting lineup, suddenly, man, everything just changed. Whole team's got markedly better with him and Pat Bevin there. So giving Terrence Mann. Um My dickhead of the day, let me think. 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 I don't really know. I don't really, I don't really have one. I'm trying to think. I don't I don't got one. So I'm gonna go with highlight. My highlight of the day, I'm going with the Paul George half court shot. Pull up on off the backboard. It was smooth. It was a great shot. It kind of needed it for real. Um, but it gave him an 11-point lead heading into the fourth. And from that point on, the Suns really just couldn't couldn't score with him, couldn't really do anything with him. So it's my highlight of the day. Amen. And for my dickhead of the day, yeah. I got to go to Team USA because they put Kevin Love on the roster. And I'm going to say it because – how did Kevin Love make Team USA, man? You said that you last about to say it, Jalen Rose? Were you about to say it? I think it actually goes to that last Rose. time. <laughs> I don't care. I'm saying it again. <laughs> my dickhead of the day is actually Jalen Rose. No, nah, my dickhead of the day is actually Team USA. But it's not because Kevin Love's on the team. It's because Grant Williams. No, 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 no. That was that was fake. That was fake. That was fake. That was, <laughs> was a troll. Fake. It was a troll. I wish it was real. This man, I'm be sending out the fakest news, man. I was hype. I was hype. I ain't gonna lie to you. Did you even bro. did you tweet that from our channel? No, I ain't tweet that. I, you know, I, don't, I don't be tweeting them. <laughs> I just be sending it inside. Yeah, you just be sending me all this fake nonsense. Fake news. My dickhead today is Dom for not getting his sources correct and sending me <laughs> a bunch of fake crap. Now you can you can go ahead and give it. the Jalen one was real, so you can go ahead and give it to him. <laughs> I gave it to you. Nah, my... go ahead to give it to Jalen. All right, so Jalen Rose, by the way, said that Kevin Love was on the team just because they needed a token white guy. And Jalen, why why do you why do you say things like this? Only Jalen would say something like that. It's exactly my point. Why? I miss Paul Pierce. Man. Paul Pierce was the GOAT. It's Paul. I'm better than D Wade. <laughs> you know what? You got it, man. <laughs> you can be better than D Wade. I'm watching them both as analysts, and Paul Pierce is a better analyst than D Wade. I'll definitely give him that. <laughs> God. And that doesn't say a lot. Uh, <laughs> that doesn't say much. <laughs> Yo, D Wade be so dry on this on the TNT show. Be wow. mad as shit watching him. Rather just, I'd rather watch motherfucking Paul Pierce out there. He at least funny. Mm-hmm. And he'll say something controversial and not care. Exactly. Now he's starting a weed farm. He a, he a goat. He is better than D-Wade all time. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you guys so much for listening, man. I hope you enjoyed. Um, hey, man, we appreciate the love tonight. We got the Bucks and the Hawks. 
ice traded gang going up against the Greek freak. Let's get into that one. Um, but for Darnell and for Dom, this was Demetrius, and I hope you enjoyed. Later. Triple D's deuces.